You're listening to PetLifeRadio.com. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by Dog.com. For everything and anything dog, shop Dog.com today for all the top brands. Greenies, Frontline, Kong, Nylabone, Royal Canin, and more. Shop at Dog.com and use the promo code SADGPR and get $15 off your order of $75 or more. This is The Pet Show with Dr. Jim McKiernan of Great Bay Animal Hospital and trainer Sarah Wilson, founder of MySmartPuppy.com. The Pets Radio Show. Now here's Dr. Jim and Sarah Wilson. Good morning. Welcome to The Pet Radio Show. This is Dr. Jim McKiernan, ably assisted by my co-host, Sarah Wilson. Good morning. You know that that music that they got starting off sounds like... uh, I don't know. It sounds like something out of like hair or the 60s. <laughs> That's or something, right. Doesn't it? Well, I can't help. I dance here and snap <laughs> right. my fingers, have a good time. Yeah. I'm going to have a big, big red afro going. <laughs> some, <laughs> some, some bell bottoms. Bell bottoms. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> hey, anyways, good morning, everybody. And uh, this is another edition of the Pet Radio Show. We're here to answer your questions, help educate you on the health and behavior of your pet. Uh, we like doing this, and it's our way of doing give back. The number is one eight 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 four. Four one nine eight seven six. So the phone lines are open for you to call in. And Sarah, we got a really pretty good show today. You know, we always have a good show. And anyway, Nala's here today. Your Chesapeake Bay Retriever. So it's going to be even better. Right now, she's getting some love. She's saying hi to everybody. <laughs> um, you, you know, as you as you age in life. Oh, um, <coughs> yes. Th- there are many things that you do differently, and you know, some of the things would be. Um, you know, like you, you like to do business with people who you like. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And, Life is too short. W- right. And and one of my little things that I like to do is, is when it comes to pets and be and, and and dogs, is how do we help people? Because nothing drives me more wacky, is when people come out and say that dogs offer nothing to our lives. What do they? What do they really bring to the table to us? Well, if you don't. If you're not open to the bond, then the bond makes no sense. Yes. But that's true for anybody. If you don't love kids, someone will say, well, why would you have kids? But if you have kids, you love kids, you understand. So uh, people who don't understand aren't going to understand, and people who do don't need it explained. Yeah, well put. (laughs) And honestly, I I respect that. I, you know, that's their opinion. But at the same time... What um, a loss. Yeah, what a wicked loss. <laughs> what a loss, yeah. yeah. Especially as we find out more about how um, the brain chemistry works and how when we interact with dogs and cats, we change their brain chemistry for the better and they change ours. We become more social, calmer. It does relax us. It does make us feel better. We're not just imagining it, and that's true for the animals as well. Yeah, and you know, the, the question comes down quite a bit is what do dogs offer to us? I mean, there is so much going on right now in the news there is uh you know there's there's dogs who are sniffing out gluten i know isn't that great now celiac disease you know will which if you're not familiar with it i'm I'm telling you going to be soon because more and more people are getting diagnosed with it right it's a it's a uh, it's a it's a sensitivity to gluten wheat gluten in your diet and it is it can be extremely painful for people absolutely cramping oh it's it's supposed to be like a stomach flu and it can take you weeks to recover from a single exposure which is unbelievable now it was in the paper this week or last week this gal out in midwest or somewhere college student 
Yeah. She's got a dog that's sniffing it out. Yeah, because apparently even if she uses a knife that has sliced wheat bread and oh. then uses it, she can have a reaction. That's how sensitive she is. So her dog sniffs the food. She's got a little cover that she puts over the food with a hole in it. And the dog either sits and tells her there's, you know, basically tells her it, there's a problem by sitting. and Or just looks at her and goes, nothing. So she can be more confident that what she's eating isn't going to make her sick. And easy for the dogs. We now have dogs that sniff out uh, breast cancer and lung cancer from our breath. So you just breathe and the dog either reacts or doesn't react. Um, there's so much they can do for us as we learn how to ask them. So it's, it's fabulous. There's no limit yet. You know, from termites to bed bugs to sniffing out whale poop for researchers to rare... I mean, it's amazing. To, to being lifeguards in Italy. To being lifeguards. Have you seen that one? Yeah. And, and to me, though, the pinnacle of it all has got to be what dogs do to help the blind, those people that can't see. Yeah. And that is, that is not only special to see, it's, it, that is a bond beyond words. And we're, we're fortunate today to be talking about that. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to have Carrie on from Guiding Eyes to the Blind, who uh, is, works with the foster families. So there was some fostering in the news recently, locally, yeah. and want people to know how to foster a service dog. Almost every service uh, organization has a fostering program. It's vital. It's a wonderful thing to do with your children. Um, it's a way of giving back. And I'm really excited to talk to Carrie. I've known her a long time, and she's just fabulous. Now, as an owner of a Chesapeake Bay Retriever, yes. something would tell me, tell me that if I was uh, visually impaired, that I would end up in a pond or a lake. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's amazing how good the animals get. Um, mm -hmm. when they understand what their job is and when they're trained. Yeah. So it's amazing. Because that's same. you could say that about the Labrador, yet the Labrador is the most common I service know. dog out there. So I'm, I know, I'm joking. Um, and they do breed them specially, but yes. But they do have an affinity for water. So. Well, and I have seen the occasional guide dog um, do what, what I call point-to-point -point guide work, which means that they basically go from the donut on the street to the trash can. Down. <laughs> they get there, but they sort of take the scenic route a little bit. And uh, that's just one of the funny things that happens from time to time. Um, this is an interesting... You, may, you got me thinking about this thing I read this week, Sarah, which oh, is, yeah. speaking of going trash can to trash can, <laughs> in Wellington, New Zealand, a valuable pedigreed cat went missing from his New Zealand home. He turned up two days later a little bit different. Ah, and what was different about this lovely cat? Well, I want to let people think about it for a second. What could be different? What could he come home without? Ah, uh, well, that he left with? He left with him, and he didn't... Could come he, home with... And he did not come home with him. <laughs> he, he had been surgically castrated. Well, the best way to be castrated, actually. <laughs> so owner Michael Curtis said he was furious when Buddy, the prize Siamese Bengal cross, came home fixed. I couldn't believe that someone took my cat and got him fixed. I don't know why they would do that, Curtis told the Plenty <laughs> Times newspaper in the article Thursday. It's really quite bizarre. I mean, who just takes someone's cat and gets them neutered? Is that something else? That, well, it's I mean, number one, if you don't want your cat harmed in some way, he could be killed by a car. That, di that risk didn't bother him, right? What bothers him is that his pedigree, quote-unquote, mixed breed, Correct. Let, let's work that one through, shall we, folks, yes. was neutered. And there's so many groups that do great work with strike cats by neutering them, giving them vaccinations, taking, worming them, and then releasing them, right, right. that uh, that's probably what happened. So, you snooze, <laughs> you lose, buddy. Keep your cat inside. This is Dr. Jim McKernan with Sarah Wilson on The Pet Radio Show. It's 888-441-9876, and we'll be back after this break. And we'll be talking to Carrie. At Petco, we really love pets. There isn't anything we won't do to make sure they're getting the best products and the best care. 
So when you ask us a question like, So how do you feel about cat condos? We can say from experience, Feels like home. For her. Enter the code GPR10. GPR, the number 10, and get 10% off any order. No minimum at Petco.com. you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience we have a brand new trademark concept called info seeds info seeds are short 20 second seeds of information about your place of business practice or service we only have a limited number of slots left for more information visit petliferadio.com click on sponsorship information there you can listen to a sample of info seed or email us at petliferadio.com remember only a limited number of opportunities are available Got questions about your hound's health? Need the facts on Fido's fitness or food? You want to unleash your pup's potential? Well, you've come to the right place with Win with Dogs. Here, we learn how easy it is to naturally improve the lives of our furry friends. So sit, stay, and get ready to Win with Dogs. With me, Raquel Wynn. Exercise, nutrition, interaction, and love make for one healthy, happy hound. Give yourself the gift of knowledge on demand every week right here at Pet Life Radio with me, Raquel Wynn, and Win with Dogs. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the Pet Radio Show with Dr. Jim McKiernan and Sarah Wilson. And we are lucky enough today to have uh, Guiding Eyes Foster Family Coordinator and Instructor and General Guide for, uh, is it Maine, New Hampshire, and Massachusetts, Carrie? It is, Sarah. Ah, excellent. Well, welcome to the show. I'm really looking forward to uh, educating people about this process. So why don't you tell people who you are, what your title is, and kind of what you do? I will, and I'll start off by thanking you for, for inviting me. It's always a lot of fun to talk about puppy raising, especially with people who are potentially interested, because we are always uh, recruiting new raisers. Yes. So my name is Carrie Lemmerys, and I'm the Puppy Program Regional Manager for Eastern Massachusetts, New Hampshire, and Maine. And, and what that means is that I work with foster families that are raising puppies for guiding eyes for the blind. Uh, my job is to help provide training support for those raisers as they go through the process with their pups from age uh, eight weeks roughly till about... Uh, 17 to 19 months, depending on, on when your pup is ready to go in for training, as we say. Wonderful. So, so I'll, warn really ahead of time, I'll warn you ahead of time that I have a puppy of my own at home who, now that I'm on the phone, <laughs> may decide that he needs to demand my attention. So, <laughs> <laughs> Of course. That's the nature of things. They always That's want your right. attention when you're distracted. But the time you're there just reading the paper, they're happily busy by themselves, not bothering anybody. So, hey, good morning. Thanks for uh, thanks for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So, your job is to well, you're you're a coordinator of people who are going to raise the puppies before they get placed to the setting where they would become trained for assisting blind people. Yes, uh, we have um, about 430 at this point volunteers raising puppies for us 
all the way from Maine down to North Carolina and then wow. far western Ohio. Nice. Um, I don't organize all those people. Thank goodness. <laughs> I, have, I know. I have about 50 people that I work with. And um, I start off with, you know, potential volunteers teaching them our training methods, getting them ready for puppies, and then walk them through the process. And, and where do you find where do you find your puppies? I mean, obviously, you provide the puppy for the potential foster parent, correct? We do. We have a breeding program, that we're, so we breed all of our own dogs. Oh, we have nice. very specific criteria, what we're looking for. Uh, most of our dogs are Labrador Retrievers. Uh, we have a small percentage of German Shepherd dogs and a small percentage of Golden Retrievers as well. But it's probably about 90% Labradors at this point. They actually have a really long-standing and incredibly interesting, to me, breeding program um, that's so so well run. Um, and they just strive always to do better and better because it's actually kind of an interesting combination of traits they need in order to be a guide. What are some of those traits, Carrie, that, that you need to make a good guide as opposed to, say, a good pet? A good pet. Um, the, the primary focuses that, that we have are, of course, health is, is always big, which I think is true for pet dogs as well. Um, those large breed dogs, we're always trying to make sure that we have the healthiest possible dogs. But in terms of temperament, we need dogs that are really ready to deal with a wide variety of experiences and who are able to adapt and and you know, uh, conquer, I guess, uh, a wide variety of different situations. Because our graduates really live all over the country and even internationally. And people live in New York City and some people live, you know, in the suburbs and some people live in a more rural place. So we're looking for really confident and resilient dogs, but also dogs that are interested in working with people. Mm -hmm. Because there's this incredible bond between a guide and a guide dog user that you just, you can't even imagine until you see it in action. Can you tell at an early age if they're going to be any good or not? <laughs> That's the, yeah. the million dollar question. Um, <laughs> uh -oh. <laughs> we, we certainly try. We have a, we, we temperament test all of our puppies when they're about seven weeks old and we have a, a pretty um, intricate pre-training process also. So our pups actually start their training at about three weeks old mm -hmm. um, in our wealth and kennels. Um, and we also track the parents and, and how their offspring have done and so forth. So. I would say we have a general idea, but we still, you know, we're not always 100% right. Uh, most of our pups, if they don't, if they, if they enter the pup program, then they go to, my puppy is totally whining at me, sorry. <laughs> it um, only makes it more human, not to worry. We all relate. Can hear him. Can you hear him? Yes, I actually can. <laughs> sorry, he's uh, lying on my feet crying because he's bored. Um, of course. Which is a huge part of guide dog training. <laughs> you just need to wait until I'm ready to work with you. Um, so we do have checkpoints throughout the dog's time with us, um, but one of the things that's really interesting about guide dog training is we're really asking a lot of the dogs. Mm -hmm. um, they are making a lot of decisions, they're taking a lot of responsibility, and the, the piece of it that is not always the easiest for us to pick out until they're actually in guide dog training is how will they do that? Whoops, we just lost you. We just lost you. Uh-oh. You know what? We're Can gonna, we uh, head out to break? We'll have a we'll have a uh, yeah. call back from a landline. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what's interesting though is that you. It, it's so hard when they're younger. You know more about puppies than anybody, but right. at such a young age, 
it's it's often difficult to see. Like you'll think the larger a dog in a litter is going to turn into this oh. dominant aggressive thing. No. No. And, and sure enough, it may not be, you know? Oh, they have such a wonderful process because really what they're testing is how does the puppy deal with stress and how and can does stress build in them or are they more resilient? Right. And that's the kind of thing that's very hard to change. An animal's basic reaction to stress is very hard to change. Um, but I look forward to talking to Carrie. Um, she's going to call us back on a landline, we hope, and get a little bit more clarity. But she's a wonderful resource and we can't wait to hear more about this process and hopefully get some people interested in this vital vital work so we will be talking to you soon we'll be right back stay tuned love your pets but wish their medications were a lot less expensive they are at 1-800-PET-MEDS you'll not only save on flea and heartworm medications but on prescriptions for arthritis incontinence thyroid and more and you get fast service free shipping and a 100% satisfaction guarantee plus our licensed pharmacists ensure accuracy monitor drug interaction and more see why over 5 million people have trusted their pets health to 1-800-PET-MEDS America's largest pet pharmacy call now or order online Go to 1-800-PETMEDS.com forward slash GPR to get 10% off any order and free shipping on orders of $39 or more at PETMEDS.com. Celebrate your special occasion and give her this classic semi-eternity band created with one-carat brilliant diamonds channel set in 14-carat white gold. Exclusively yours from ICE.com. Free shipping over $150, free returns, and 30-day money-back guarantee. Go to ICE.com and use promo code ACTFP and get 20% off your purchase. Or use promo code ADTFP and get 20% off at Diamond.com. ICE.com or Diamond.com. Get 20% off from Pet Life Radio. Hi, this is Marcy Davis and my service dog, Whistle, and we're your hosts of Working Like Dogs on Pet Life Radio. Working Like Dogs is the show where you can learn everything you ever wanted to know about working animals or working dogs. Whether you're a member of a working dog team or you've just seen a working dog or animal out at the mall or the grocery store and you're curious about how these amazing animals work with their human partners, then Working Like Dogs is the show for you. Join us for the inside scoop at Working Like Dogs on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the Pet Radio Show. This is Dr. Jim with Sarah Wilson, and we are fortunate enough to be talking about do- blind dogs and no, raising guide, blind. No, not blind dogs. Guide dogs for the blind. Oh, blind dogs. <laughs> blind dogs make bad guides. They're wonderful pets, but not really effective guides. Oh, gosh, I have so many of them that come in these days. It's unbelievable. Yeah, they're great. Anyway, Carrie, hi. Oh, hi. and Nala's reaching us, but too. Um, so we were right in the middle. What were you educating us on? So we, were, we were talking about uh, temperament and, mm. and how do we know that the dogs are going to enjoy this job or not. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I'm not sure how, how well you could hear me, so I'll, if I'm repeating myself, I apologize. We, we do temperament tests the pups 
uh, when they're before they come into puppy raisers homes mm -hmm. and after that we have benchmarks throughout the pup program and then even into our training program we're very fortunate as an organization to have some alternative careers for dogs who who might not make it as guides we have a an autism program in which dogs are, are matched with young children who are autistic. Wonderful. So some of our dogs go that route. And then we have connections also with ATF and some local mm -hmm. police um, organizations that use some of our release dogs who have a little bit more um, energy and focus. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> for everything from bomb sniffing to drug sniffing and so forth. So the puppies, there's puppies start off in New York, right? Is there like a central location where the breeding goes there on? There is, in Patterson, New York. Okay. And then from there, do they go, at what age do they go out to, um, to you know, these, these foster people? At eight weeks old. Wow. Terrific. Yep. Yep. And there, um, at three weeks, do you guys start the biosensor program? Is that what you're doing at three weeks and, and enrichment? Yeah. There's, the Welping Kennel has enrichment from day one with um, noises and different scents mm -hmm. and some visuals. They put different surfaces on the floor of the whelping kennel so the pups are getting used to different types of underfooting mm -hmm. and falling over things. Um, and at three weeks, they also start working on some crate training in groups. Yeah, it's great. And, yeah, and, and we're really fortunate. We just recently had a, um, an a expansion of our whelping kennel to where we also have an outdoor area. So when the pups get a little bit older, they can start exploring the outdoors with mom. That's great. And again, working on their coordination and balance and by being able to walk uphill and over some obstacles and so, so forth. So people who are listening would who want to become, there was a great article, by the way, in the uh, Portsmouth Herald, which is oh, up here in yeah. Portsmouth, New Hampshire. Are you familiar with that? I am, and, and yeah. I love that we get such great pictures of little puppies because it always draws people's <laughs> attention. Yeah, it was January <laughs> 6th, uh, which is yeah. what Sarah and I are talking about this. But, yeah. um, you know, obviously for those people who are interested in being a, a foster parent, they, people who are listening might think, well, I don't know how to train a dog. What am I supposed to do? So can you tell a little bit about what the responsibilities would be of a person that would be a foster parent? Sure. We, um, the, the first thing that I'll say is that you don't actually need to have dog training experience in order to become a, a puppy raiser. Uh, we are very lucky in that we have a lot of support for raisers. Um, we have a pre-placement classes, so we teach you the basics before you get a puppy. And then in New Hampshire, we meet twice a month in Nashua for mm. training classes throughout, so we can walk you through the process. Um, we have a variety of levels of experience and types of homes that are that are working with our puppies. And we have a pretty unique training program that revolves around relationship center training in which we are always working with our pups to, to create a spirit of cooperation, as we put it, and to teach them to work in a team. So Is there a shortage of people on your end to help? Um, we're always recruiting new members. We're doing pretty well in New Hampshire right now. Um, Great. But we are always looking for new families because things happen. Like there was also a, an article recently in one of the Bedford newspapers that you may have seen about one of our raisers who is about to graduate from high school and we're going to lose her to college. So oh. we have a turnover like that um, sometimes. I bet she'll be back down the road. I would not be surprised. <laughs> I would not be surprised. So, so what are some of the common challenges or issues um, that people? If I imagine that people get confused between raising a pet and raising a service dog, and what are the sorts of things that you find you have to educate frequently about? 
you know, uh, we, to help people get things right for your purposes. Sure, you're absolutely right. We do have um, pretty specific goals in mind with our puppies. Um, I would say the, you know, the most common question that people have is, you know, does he get to be a dog or does he always have to be a guide? Mm -hmm. And we always try to remind people that they're puppies and they do have to, they do get some time off too, mm -hmm. but there are certain rules. Um, you know, obviously pups are not allowed to sleep on furniture or to, to take food off counters and house manners is certainly challenging with Labrador Retriever puppies mm -hmm. um, and crucial for our, our graduates because Blind people don't know what their dogs are going after. Right. Um, so, and as you mentioned in your intro, you know that that is a challenge for us. We, scavenging or going for food is, is a challenge. For well, us it, as a guide. right, because they are dogs, and once mm -hmm. they they do it, I've seen them do it so quick. They do a little drive by and grab. You'd never know. Right. So. I I've, I've have seen working guides that are are very skilled. Yes. At staying on, um, and you know, with a Labrador, and that's. Yeah, sort of an extra challenge. Um, and at what age would the dog get placed with a um, with a blind person? With blind, uh, typically they are about two and a half years old. Our, okay. our finished trainer, our, our formal training takes about six months. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, at this stage of the game, most of the pups are going in between about 16 and 18 months of mm -hmm. age for their formal training. And the, and the reason for the fostering is it is it a cost thing where you know you just got to farm you know farm them out somewhere to get them where you need to be? Or? Oh, it's so much more than that. But Carrie will take that one. Yeah, yeah it is. I mean, the 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 bottom line answer is. Um, the sheer numbers of pups in order to have staff adequately raise the dogs is, is really impossible. As I, I said, we typically have about 400 to 450 dogs on program. Um, and at a, it's really important for them to, to get life experiences and, and homes are the, really the only way to go. Uh, puppy raisers do so much with their dogs. They have such a huge impact on the dog's future um, in terms of, like I said, house manners and socialization. Uh, people expose their dogs to all sorts of different places and people and things, and we literally could not do it without volunteers. Yep, because they just just the day-to-day -day life issues, because the dog has mm -hmm. to be ready to live with the client, right? Um, the service right. dog user for the next whatever, and that just all has to be run-of-the-mill. Right, exactly. Now and we have a, a huge range of razors, I and mean, we have a chapter in New York City, mm -hmm. and I have razors um, in northern Maine and northern Vermont, mm -hmm. so we you know, and, and the south and west, and so we have a, a wide variety of families, apartments, single folks, retired people, huge families, people with dogs, people with cats, people with horses, people with birds, and we have a, a nice range, and then our dogs are going to a nice range of people as well. So, so if all of that is possible, so what um, disallows, what, what would take someone out of your foster pool, potential foster pool? What takes us out? Um, I would say the biggest thing is the time commitment, mm -hmm. honestly. Um, the pups are, as you can imagine, a lot of work time-wise. Mm -hmm. um, our training methods are such that we build training into everyday life, so mm -hmm. we don't have um, work time and off time. Right. Um, and, you know, you were talking about young puppies, so for people who work full-time, it can be quite challenging. Mm -hmm. um, I have some people who are what we call starters and some people are called finishers. So if I have somebody that works, say, five or six hours at a time, we might place an older puppy with them mm. rather than an eight-week-old. Um, we do crate train all of our dogs, but we don't 
it's not appropriate for them to be in the crate all the, all mm-hmm. day, every day. Especially as, as babies, absolutely. So sometimes sure. puppies do move around? Is that because of changes? They do. They do. Um, sometimes because, like I said, we have certain raises. Like, for example, New York City can be tough for an eight-week-old puppy. Yeah. So oftentimes I have folks that will take, keep a pup until they're about 12 or 16 weeks, get them off to a good start, work on the house training, and then they might shift into the city. Um, well, we also, for even for people who are raising start to finish, we swap all of our puppies at least once a quarter so that they get different experiences. Oh. For example, my pup, um, I don't have any cats, mm-hmm. so he just came back from a swap with a raiser who has a cat. Um, and I've sent him on another swap with someone who has young children because I don't have young children. So we try to really make sure that each dog gets a very well-rounded experience as possible. And the swap for is generally for how long? So he's he's the puppy you're raising, but he goes to camp periodically? Yeah, of? so to speak. Uh, okay. We trade puppies with each other. Um, this case was a little bit longer. It was three weeks. Normally it's about one or two weeks. Okay. So. Oh, interesting. So if you're going on vacation or something, he your puppy could go someplace and have a new experience himself. Absolutely. In fact, I'm going on vacation in a couple weeks, and he's going to go to a race who has a horse, so that's another new experience for him. Oh, that's um, great. So, yeah, it's a, it's a great way to, but, way to make sure that they get around. It seems well. to me that you need to keep it pretty diversified because you know you don't know if you're going to get a person in New York who's going to be blind or you're going to get somebody in, as you said, upstate Vermont. Right. Rural, so you have to have dogs who are ready for any any, any Absolutely. Yeah. Anything. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I can think of... Uh, We've got some older uh, graduates who are on dog number six or seven that need a dog that's a little bit slower. I've mm-hmm. got one dog that was raised in Maine that's now living on a golf course, <laughs> South Carolina, and then I have another dog from New Hampshire that's a college student. So there's a big range. And, and, and what is the range, you know, if the, at 16 months or 18 months of age they start off, how long do they go? To, um, oh, how long are they a working service partner? Yeah, yeah. How oh, long? Yeah. Um, typically eight to ten years. Okay. Um, it really the graduates and our staff work together closely throughout the entire working life of the dog to determine when the dog's ready for retirement. Um, and a lot of our graduates will keep their retired dog as a pet, um, or a family member might might take the dog, um, or the dog might go back to the puppy raiser. So I've had just this month. Uh, 12-year-old dog go back to a puppy raiser who had seen her since she was two years old and the dog remembers of course the raiser and just went right back into the routine um life on the beach in Yarmouth, Maine. That's not bad. Yeah, happy retirement. Uh, So it's really an amazing cycle to watch. So do puppy raisers get sort of rights of first refusal if the dog flunks out? As it were? If if the dog hasn't... um, doesn't seem appropriate for another career. So the career mm-hmm. options are always our first mm-hmm. goal, whether it's the autism program or um, we actually have connections with some other guide schools mm-hmm. that like a slightly different temperament that we have, mm-hmm. um, and then ATF, obviously, um, and the police. And so after that, then the razor does get to adopt the dog. And, and what is the, the supply and demand like for, for you know these service dogs? Right now, and are there other organizations besides you that? that do oh this? Yeah. yeah, yeah, there are a lot, and and the Northeast there are several organizations. There are both guide dog 
organizations and service dog organizations that work with different disabilities. Um, and really all of us need foster homes because as Sarah pointed out, the dogs need to have real life experiences. Um, and to be honest, you know, you, you've you all been through puppyhood and, and adolescence with your dogs. Um, they're not ready to work until they're fully grown and mature. So our, we, this is a, a real need for all organizations. Well, and as you said so well, um, all this sort of work is relationship-based. Mm -hmm. And the most important thing a puppy can have is a good, solid relationship and connection to a variety of people because that's what the training's built on. You can't put that in if it's not there. Right. So it makes right. sense to me that they would spend time. Now, some organizations work with prison programs and then socialize on the weekends. Is that something yep. Guiding Eyes does? or We do not. We only work with full-time in-home raisers. All right. Well, we're going to come back and talk to you a bit more after the break. And so for people listening, if you've got questions about fostering a service dog, give us a call at 888-441-9876. And we'll be back. There's a movement afoot. ShoeBuy.com. Join the millions of people who shop ShoeBuy.com's over 400 brands and 500,000 products. Order now and get free shipping and free return shipping. ShoeBuy.com, the world's greatest shoe store. Walk your dog in style and comfort. Enter the code GPR at checkout and get a 10% discount plus free shipping at ShoeBuy.com. Would you like your business to reach out and invite in our audience? We have a brand new trademark concept called InfoSeeds. InfoSeeds are short 20-second seeds of information about your place of business, practice, or service. Is the best, most cost-effective way to invite us in. We only have a limited number of slots left. For more information, visit the website. PetLifeRadio.com Click on Sponsorship Information. There you can listen to a sample of InfoSeed. Remember, only a limited number of opportunities this year, Americans are expected to spend a jaw-dropping $36 billion on their pets. From lighted leashes to high-end spa products, the discriminating pet owner can find just about anything to pamper his or her pet. Hi, this is Michelle Fern. Join me every week for Best Bets for Pets, where we'll talk about the latest pet products and talk to the companies that make them. Best Bets for Pets, every week, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets on PetLifeRadio.com. Welcome back to the Pet Radio Show with Dr. Jim McKiernan and me, Sarah Wilson, and we are talking to Carrie Lem Lemerus. Lemerus, I should know. I say it Lemerus, but people say it all different ways. <laughs> I bet they do. <laughs> I accept that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so we're talking about fostering service dogs, which is such a wonderful thing to do. And when I've mentioned it, sometimes people say, oh, I can't imagine raising a dog for a year and then having to give it up. And I always say, 
but you're giving it to you're changing somebody's life this is a way that you and your family can change somebody's life it's such a wonderful gift such a great thing to do with kids it's less than a year though isn't it uh no it's often a little bit more you get them more? eight weeks and they go to six uh what she was saying is 15 17 yeah. months so right. yeah a right. little over a year a little over a year um, and, and who, who takes care of the veterinary care for the dogs is that i mean there's not a financial responsibility for the people are there no, and in, in our case, we are, as an organization, able to uh, reimburse local veterinarians, uh, although many local vets are quite generous and will donate services to our, pro- to our pops. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, when you know, look at when you see what the dog can do to the person's life, it's just pretty spectacular. And you just say, thank God. Th- those are their eyes. Well, but all kinds of service animals is yeah. amazing. Um, it's, it, it, it's, until you've seen it happen and talk to people who have had guides, who have lived without guides or lived without service dogs, you just don't know all the different ways that it changes right. people's lives. Right. One of the things that happens is that often if someone's handicapped, society kind of looks away from them, won't make contact with them. But if you have a dog, all of a sudden everyone's talking to you. You're a member right. of society again. It's just a big shift. So if the dog comes to Sarah at eight weeks mm-hmm. and leaves after a year. Oh, it's going to be a smart puppy, huh? <laughs> no, pun, no pun intended. We, we hope so. We hope so. Um, and it goes back to you, um, and you will adopt it out. What is the, the cost to a, a person who you're going to place that to the home? And secondly, do insurances ever step in and help with blind people to, to acquire the dog? So I'm, I'm thinking that your question is asking is how much does a blind person pay for one of our dogs? Mm-hmm. Yes. Is that right? Yeah, and these Blue Cross Blue Shields pitch in for this at all? Oh, no, there actually is no cost at all to graduates to get a dog from Guiding Eyes for the Blind. We fundraise um, at all of our... All of our costs are covered by the organization, so the graduates don't have to pay a thing. Outstanding. Um, which is, uh, um, we have a great staff that works in development, and also we have some just really amazing sponsors. And one of the biggest costs is raising a puppy. Puppy raisers, um, we are able to pay for the veterinary care, and we provide a lot of the basic equipment like crates and um leashes and so forth but puppy raisers either um, pay for things like food and toys or they find local sponsors Uh, new hampshire is a great state for you know the community's been so generous we have some local pet food stores that donate food and then we have some others that donate equipment we have veterinarians that donate so it's really a large community of people supporting the organization what a wonderful thing that it takes many many people what are some of Mm -hmm. guiding eyes um larger corporate sponsors say hypothetically uh that's a great question that i have to think hard about because i stay away from development okay that's fair that's absolutely (laughs) Uh, fair but we have a nice connection with pepsi um we also have um a a golf tournament every year that we do with uh eli manning Mm -hmm. not necessarily most popular in new england but around the new york area uh, where we're based he is um so people really pitch in the whole community pitches in to make this possible now you used the word graduate it was graduate for the dog or graduate for the person who comes the to person, learn the person, person yeah, yeah. And, and what what do they do do they do they live at your facility they do our, our we have well we actually have a few different um avenues for people the most common is graduate will come and stay at our training center for 28 days we have um, each graduate has their own room but it's very much like a dorm our classes run once a month and they're usually about 14 or 
16 people in the class. They work with the trainers both on our campus and then um, out in White Plains, which is not too far away, and in New York City um, as they're part of their training. For some of our graduates who have had dogs from us before, and who are uh, a bit more skilled, they, they do a shorter program called an action program where they only come onto the campus for two weeks and then a trainer goes to them. Okay. And then we have some home training. Uh, we are one of the few guide dog organizations that can work with people with multiple disabilities. So some of our dogs are going to people who are not only blind but also potentially deaf or mm-hmm. who use wheelchairs or walkers or have other physical disabilities. And those dogs are trained in the, in the graduate's home. So one of our trainers will go and bring the dog and they'll work in the community with the, the graduates. It's just extraordinary what these dogs can do with yeah. the proper training. It's oh, just it's such amazing. A that, is, that program is amazing. Um, I mean, in general, I have to say, I was listening to you talk about, oh, giving the dogs up and how hard it is and, and the life change. I've been involved with guide dogs and service dogs for about 10 years now. And when I have my pre-placement class with razors and I show a quick video of dogs mm-hmm. working with people, I still cry every time yeah. I watch it. Um, because it's just unbelievable how people's lives are changed with these dogs. Yeah, yeah and once people see that, I think it must be so encouraging. And I know that mm-hmm. uh, the families are invited to the graduation, mm-hmm. right? So that they, they see their dogs going forward and, and changing somebody's life. They do, and that is, uh, you know, when you think back to that little bundle of fur that had you up all night that first week, mm-hmm. and then you see them, you know, guiding a person uh, out the door, it's an amazing feeling. Um, it is never easy to give the dogs up. It's, um, it's really difficult because we, we fall in love with the dogs and we have such a strong bond. Should, um, should, um, it's worth it. Should, it is worth it. Should people who see blind people with their service dogs, is it okay for us to go say hi to that dog or is that dog doing its job and we should give it space so that it can concentrate on what it's doing. Do you know what I mean? I mean I was, I was oh, she a, knows exactly what you mean. Because I, I was on a ferry coming back from Nantucket this summer and there was a, there was a service dog that was there and I just felt like it, it, was there, it was there to work, but everybody wanted to say hi to him all the time. They right. want to treat it like a pet because that's how we're used to relating to dogs, right. but it's not a pet. So, what Carrie, you take it from yeah. here. Right. Yeah, it's a, that's a great question that comes up all the time with people. Um, it is really difficult not to go and, and say hello to the dog, but do recognize whenever you see a working dog that they are focused on their work, and it's important for them and, and for the user's safety that the dog does not get interfered with. Um, that's not to say that... You know, when they're taking a break or when they're off, um, you know, when they're off duty, so to speak, that you can't say hello to the dog. But you always have to ask the person who's using the dog and make sure and be ready for them to say no, because there are times when, you know, I might be late for an appointment and I need to keep moving. I can't always stop and say hi. Well, and also people just don't realize that this is the 30th request that you've gotten in an hour. And, you know, really, you've got to get on with your life. Um, How do people contact Guiding Eyes if they want to do this? Uh, the best way is to start with our website. Uh, there's a lot of great information on our website, which is www.guidingeyes.org. That's all one word, Guiding mm-hmm. Eyes. Um, that is the, the best place to start. We've got a lot of information about what we're looking for in puppy raisers. You can even apply online to become a puppy raiser. And I know that the, if people want to make a donation, which I, a lot of listeners do, Absolutely. How would they do that? Would they do that through the website, or is it? That is the best way to do it for sure. Okay. Um, there's there's lots of information on there on on different ways that you can um, 
that you can donate and that you can support the organization. And, and um, you, you've been great. I mean, you've answered a lot of questions very well. But if there are people who, I know I am like this, who I want to ask a question later, can they reach you? Can they email you or call you with questions? Absolutely. Uh, probably email is the easiest because I tend to be on the road a lot with the puppies. Sure. Um, so I can give you my email address. Please. Is, uh, I'm going to have to spell it because it's my last name. It's K Lemery's at Guiding Eyes, which is K L E M E R I S E at guidingeyes.org. Okay. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Great Pets Radio is brought to you by Pet Care RX, America's most affordable pet pharmacy. Pet Care RX offers the same meds as top vets, but with a savings of up to 50%. So go to PetCareRx.com. Use promo code GPR10. GPR, the number 10, and receive $10 off orders of $50 or more and free shipping on all orders over $35 at PetCareRx.com. Question, what do I want? What do I need? I'll take affection. I reach and mention. I need time. I need love. I crave attention. Love My Pets, the new single by Mark Winter, available on iTunes. Having a rough day? Longing for the dog days of summer? Think your fun furry friend lives a dog's life? Well, find out everything you're begging to know as Pet Life Radio presents It's a Doggy Dog World with pet expert and award-winning author Liz Palaika. Every dog has his day, and you'll find out how to make your dog's day fun and rewarding. Every week, on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com. Let's Talk Pets. Let's Talk Pets. On PetLife Radio. PetLife Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. All right, welcome back to the Pet Radio Show. It's Dr. Jim with Sarah, and uh, I just want to thank our our um, our guest. Um, just a, I don't know anybody who does that for a living and what she gives back to blind people is uh, you know Jim's got goosebumps here, so it's good stuff. Yeah. Oh, and Carrie's terrific. She's been in the service dog field for many many years and is such a resource. People can get her information or contact her through My Smart Puppy. I will have information up on the forums by this afternoon about her email address and the guidingeyes.org. 
org um, so people can research and if they want to participate and I hope people do yeah uh, so right on and uh, those of us who have been affected by having you know blindness in our lives mm-hmm. um, I don't know just great stuff it, it gives me the, the goosebumps <clears throat> February we are approaching February oh yes in, closely approaching in February is considered dental health month in veterinary medicine so talk to your veterinarian about uh, getting your dog's teeth clean as a dental profi are you doing anything special with uh, dental work this month Dr. McKiernan yeah at yeah, Great yeah. Bay Animal Hospital well, absolutely <laughs> every February we discount mm-hmm. a, a dental cleaning and nice. I will tell you and I will tell you from experience and that is pets feel better Yeah, cats will rub you know, they'll yeah. walk around, they'll talk more, Aww. the dogs become more active, so they clearly they feel better. And a lot of us just don't see it. Yeah, unless a, you're opening your dog's mouth or your cat's mouth, you don't see it. Which I Who do. Does? I, me. You do. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but a lot of people don't open, look in their pet's mouth, but I'm telling you, they do feel better. It is important. Um, one of my little things that I'd like to leave the show on is to say, you know, why do so many cats go a kidney failure? And I think it comes from bacteria in their mouth. Yeah. So if, if we can, you know... Take yep. care of the teeth. You got it. That makes perfect sense. So and cats and toy breeds are really prone to dental are. things. They oh. need the care. Yeah, even, even, you know, we're talking about greyhounds off air. Yeah. I mean, I think that's the, one of the worst breeds. Those poor greyhounds. Just oh, like, yeah? Oh, they're yucky teeth. Uh. Oh, because I just on a wonderful uh, adoption site that required dental care, and I didn't realize that greyhounds are particularly prone. How interesting. Yes, they're one of the worst. And they walk into the room, and you can just, you know, smell the mouth. You know? <laughs> oh, <laughs> but, nice. Yeah, you want to help them out. Yeah. <laughs> but that's next week. We're going to try to get a, uh, a guest on who would be a, uh, a boarded veterinary dentist, and uh, let's see if we can't... Um, learn something a little bit to teach you to help you uh, from everything from brushing dogs teeth and cats teeth and is it important and that'll be next week excellent that'd be great and we don't have karen today right she's on vacay from cochico karen from cochico karen from cochico is probably one of the hardest working people oh I she's I've amazing yeah she's amazing and finally with a capital F, she is elected to take some time off. And so she is down in Orlando. I just hope it's above 40 degrees for her. Did it involve darting her in duct tape to get her on the plane? <laughs> no. so. Well, she was leaving right when one of these storms was coming oh, in. So I hope she made it. And I hope she's having a great yeah. time. But, it, but each week we do have Kachiko call in for the pet of the week. And so I think next week we'll do two dogs. How's that sound? That would be great. And we know that there are great pets there just waiting to be discovered. So go find your own pet of the week at Kachiko. They are. And there is a lot of nice pets there and I was just up there last week and there's a lot of really cool you know what there's nice dogs is beagles they have have a lot of and I've become a beagle lover but there's a lot of beagles up there and uh, really sweet sweet beagles yeah they're a loving loving dog you just need to I like them oh they're funny they're really funny Snoopy was for a reason when beagles do the dance of joy which they do anytime you offer them a treat their ears go their legs go you will laugh if you have a beagle I do I I could I could see myself uh, I could see myself owning a lot of dogs Hey, that's right. It could happen. Maybe I should foster. There you go. <laughs> give it a try. Well, I mean, it's that's it's what it's all about. It's all about give back. So, anyways, we want to thank everybody for listening to, uh, today. Uh, it was really an education for me. Sarah, thank you for setting up this show today. Oh, Carrie's terrific. My really, pleasure. Uh, really a fascinating topic. And, and uh, more and more as we go on doing the show together, I want to talk about how pets increase people's lives. Yeah, improve right. them. You bet. Have a great week, everybody. Talk to you Talk next week. Excellent.
You've been listening to The Pet Show with Dr. Jim McKiernan of Great Bay Animal Hospital and trainer Sarah Wilson, founder of MySmartPuppy.com. Join Dr. Jim and Sarah Wilson next week for another full hour of great pet talk on The Pet Show. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.